climbed the mountainous hill not only to gain perspective of the landscape around me, but also to gain perspective of myself, a mighty and wild windswept landscape of rumination and reflection. Welcome to the Nature of Phonology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. I love bogs. They are such unique places where only the hardiest plants can survive. The acidic, nutrient-poor soils atop lots of water and an open landscape that is exposed to the worst the weather can throw at it means that the plants in these places are unique. They don't get very tall, though they can get quite old. They grow slowly, and they have a variety of adaptations to help them deal with the tough conditions. The plant family I see best represented in Downeast Maine bogs is the Ericaceae, or heath family. This is the family of blueberries and wintergreen, of leatherleaf and cranberry, and of another hardy plant that is flowering right now, bearberry. I led you on with the bog talk. I have never seen bearberry growing in a bog. It prefers sandy or rocky soils. But bogs are fantastic places to get to know their plant family, making it much simpler to identify any Ericaceae members, whether you're in the forest, on a mountaintop, or anywhere in between. Given that plants are taxonomically organized based on their flower characteristics, this is the ideal time of year to start getting to know this plant family, as the crescendo of local Ericaceae member flowers is increasing now. To identify an Ericaceae plant, you're looking for bell-shaped flowers, round and wide at the top and narrower at the bottom. Like bells, the flowers hang down, so if you want to see inside them, you'll have to carefully lift the flower up to see inside a cozy, relatively hidden spot for a pollinator to sip some nectar. Once you've found a bell-shaped flower, you're sure to see more nearby, since many of these species grow in groups or have multiple flowers per plant. Next, note the characteristics of the leaves. Ericaceae family members tend to have leaves that are quite waxy or leathery. This characteristic helps reduce the potential of drying out by sealing in moisture, an important adaptation for plants that live in exposed, cold climates and don't always lose their leaves in the fall. Once you've matched bell-shaped flowers and leathery leaves, turn to a field guide to help you identify the particular species. Bearberry has paddle-shaped leather leaves and bell-shaped flowers blushed in pale pink. You'll find it typically growing close to the ground in large mats. Apparently Cape Cod and the New Jersey Pine Barrens sport impressively large mats of this hardy little plant. But I typically see it on our open, rocky, coastal mountaintops in Downeast Maine. Beyond the northeastern USA, bearberry is a circumpolar species, meaning its native range spans all around northern North America, Asia, and Europe. There are even some isolated populations as far south as Central America. It goes by many names across its range, most notably kinnikinnik, an Algonquin word used to describe a tobacco substitute. Its scientific name is Arctostaphylos uva ursi, a redundant name as the genus is Greek meaning bear grape, and the specific epithet uva ursi is Latin for grape bear. While bearberries taste nothing like grapes, and in fact are rather flavorless to the human palate, they are quite an important food to a variety of wildlife. Many indigenous peoples across bearberries' range have also used bearberries in food, not as the feature ingredient from what I've seen, but dried into cakes or cooked with fish and game. 
So the next time you're outside, you could go on a scavenger hunt to find members of the Ericaceae family. Growing in thin or sandy soils, bogs, and mountaintops, look for leathery leaves and bell-shaped flowers. While bearberry is blooming now in my neck of the woods, blueberry flowers are soon to follow, so you have plenty of time to get to know this hardy plant family before those flowers turn to fruit. You can find a link to the full transcript of this show as well as references, contact information, and accompanying photos by visiting archives.weru.org. You can also submit your observations or questions to give us inspiration for future episodes. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. Ooh, ooh.